This is Alan Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. In this episode, I want to talk about something that Jesus shares in his Sermon on the Mount from the early chapters of the book of Matthew. This is the teaching where Jesus uh, really does the majority of um, the things that we know of as his teaching. And so he goes through and he covers sections about really important stuff. He talks in Matthew chapter 5 and 6 about adultery and murder and divorce and the importance of storing up our treasures in heaven instead of on earth. And then right after all those big things, he talks about this. This is Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And in that teaching right there about worry, Jesus hits a number of things that, especially to his original audience, would have been the stuff that they were worrying about. So when he says, don't worry about what are we going to eat or what are we going to drink or what are we going to wear, that would have been the pressing stuff that people in his day would have been worried about. But when we hear that, uh, for the majority of us, you know, they're definitely, I forget, I'm, I'm thinking of those billboards that, I forget if it's one in six Americans or if it's one in six kids in America struggles with hunger and has to sometimes worry where their next meal is going to come from. And there's programs that, you know, during the summer provide lunch for the kids that normally would be guaranteed to get at least a good solid meal at during school at a school lunch that provide that over the summer, the lunches, which, you know, absolutely there are some people who are in spots where they're asking these questions. But for the majority of us listening right now, instead of asking and worrying about, okay, what am I going to eat or what am I going to drink or what am I going to wear? If we're honest, really what we're asking is, uh, what am I going to eat 
that uses ingredients that I already have at my house so I don't have to go shop and get something else? Or what am I going to eat that is kind of low carb because I'm trying to watch my carb intake right now? Or the next question, you know, we're not asking what should I drink. We're asking, man, am I drinking too much pop? Am I drinking too much caffeine? Or am I going to Starbucks too often and getting too sugary of drinks? We're not asking, what should I wear? We're asking, what should I wear that I don't have to iron today? What should I wear that I haven't worn this outfit already this week or last week or something like that? And so we can read through what he's talking about and say, well, I don't worry about that stuff. I'm not worried about what I'm going to eat or what I'm going to drink or what I'm going to wear. But I think that what Jesus is getting at here is the bigger idea of trust and reliance on God. And so we might not find ourselves in a spot where our immediate needs, like food, drink, clothes, shelter, that kind of stuff, where that's not what we're having to worry about. But what's really interesting about the way that for most of us, the way our minds work is that our minds are constantly trying to find something to focus on and think about and say, okay, what's going to potentially be an issue? I don't know if this happens to anybody else, but it can be really easy to imagine that outcome of a situation, of a conversation or uh, some kind of circumstance of, hey, I'm waiting for, you know, I applied for this thing and I'm going to imagine that I don't get it and then I'm going to be worried all before we even know. We do the same thing all before we even have the conversation, thinking, okay, but if I mention this to my spouse, then uh, it's probably going to go this way. And then, you know, then it's going to turn into a conversation about this. And we spend time worrying about tomorrow, as Jesus says, worrying about what comes next when what we are doing in the moment uh, is bringing enough things for us to focus on without us looking forward, not in the sense of anticipating in a good way, but just thinking ahead of time about all the problems that we might face. And we know that worry is either the cause of or uh, the amplifier of a lot of the stuff that we deal with. Uh, a lot of illness, uh, blood pressure, cholesterol go up when we worry, uh, headaches, back pain, other aches are worse amplified because of it, intestinal issues, we have compromised immune systems, we understand that worry isn't good for us. We understand that living under constant stress isn't good, but we don't really picture sometimes another way of living. And I think that what Jesus is talking about here is this other way of living instead of worrying, is to trust God. Now, that doesn't mean that everything is always going to go perfectly. That doesn't mean that nothing bad is going to happen in our lives. We all know that. We all know people who trust and love and follow God 
very sincerely and very uh, carefully for years and years and years. And you know what? That's not some magic force field of protection that means that nothing's going to go bad in their lives. But what Jesus is talking about here is that even in the midst of that stuff, we need to continue to rely on God. And I want to talk a little bit about my own uh, journey with this because for the vast majority of my life, I would read through this passage talking about don't worry and that was really natural. That was really easy for me. It was I already was doing it because just stress, anxiety, worry wasn't something that I dealt with. It wasn't a problem for me. Just really easygoing, take life as it comes, that kind of stuff. I, you know, I think through, um, for some of you listening, when you hear uh, Jesus talk about the importance of loving one another, like we focused on a couple episodes ago. You're like, yeah, that comes really naturally for me. Or serving other people. Yep, that's like I read those verses and I just, yeah, that's easy. I do that already. You know, that's something I don't need to work on really because it comes naturally. For others, I think especially if you read through the Old Testament prophets and those kind of uh, writings and leaders, and you see the importance of seeking justice for people who are oppressed, for people who don't have the access and opportunity and all those kind of things. And you read that and go, yeah, that's how I'm wired. That, for me, was the passages about worry for a long time. I read through them and I'm like, sweet, I'm already doing that. All right, next. And it, it's really, <laughs> it's kind of nice to read through something like that where you're like, yeah, that's my sweet spot. I'm already doing that. But what happened with me, um, like I shared in some previous episodes, I'm dealing with right now an unknown health thing and I've not been able to get a diagnosis. So I don't have any sense of what this is necessarily or of what this isn't. You know, they've definitely ruled out some things, but I'm going to be honest and tell you that if I sleep weird, if I sleep on my side and I wake up in the morning and, you know, throughout the day, I feel a little bit of pain on the left side of my body, in my shoulder or chest area. If you kind of lay and sleep and kind of crunch your sternum in a little bit, there's some, you know, you'll feel a little twinge in your left side of your body. And my first thought, is I go, okay, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me, but I just figured it out today. I've got pain in the left side of my chest, left side of my you know, shoulder, my arm, that kind of thing. Okay, it's been a heart thing the whole time. I don't know how they missed it, but I'm going to have a heart attack and I'm going to die. That's what happens for me. Or if I get a headache that's especially uh, unique or especially strong or whatever, I deal a lot with uh, allergy stuff, and so I'll get some sinus headaches, and it's so weird because it seems like every year I forget that I get these sinus headaches or something because I start to get this pretty powerful headache that's in a different spot than like your average headache would be. And I think, oh, yep, they missed it. It's a brain tumor. Here we go. And those moments, I'm I'm sure you can imagine if you – we're thinking, 
hey, I've got a brain tumor or, hey, I'm having a heart attack or something like that, the worry, I don't even think worry is a big enough word in that moment for when that kind of dread just washes over me and it makes me feel like, oh, no, what what's going to happen now? And when I read through this passage in the current situation of life that I'm dealing with, I'm like, oh, okay, not only is it pretty awesome, I think, that this is even in Scripture, that Jesus spends time talking about, don't worry. He gives the reason why we don't worry because he, he goes through and he talks about your father in heaven. And we've talked a little bit about what that means for God to be our father. Your father in heaven knows that you need this stuff. And he cares about you. That's pretty amazing. And when Jesus explains where he's coming from and why worry shouldn't be something that's running our lives. The reason isn't because, hey, bad stuff's never going to happen. You're just going to be protected and it's all good. No, the reason is because uh, our Heavenly Father knows what we need. And because of that, Jesus can say, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. And, you know, I, I've come across this idea in the last, I don't know, year or two, something like that, that um, when we live with regret and pain about our past, uh, it's really easy for our minds to spend time living in what happened before. When we live in worry and stress and anxiety, it's really easy for our minds to spend time living in what will or won't happen in the future. But it seems that what Jesus is trying to help us understand here is that if we can get ourselves fully present, fully here, fully now, um, we can see what God is up to instead of worrying about what he will or won't do in the future or regretting what he did or didn't do in the past. And if we get into that current moment, we learn a whole lot more about trust. You know, um, when I think about what we trust in, I think about how, you know, we see all through Scripture, um, especially in the Old Testament, God talking and warning his people about the foreign gods, the false gods, the idols that the nations around Israel worshipped. And, you know, I think about how basically those gods were kind of um, like the symbol of that entire nation. And so when two nations would go to war, they figured that whichever army won the war, that meant that the god that that army, that nation, served and bowed to and sacrificed to idols of this God, it meant that that God was the more powerful, was the stronger one. 
And so they used their gods to kind of control their environment. That was where their security came from. We don't do that that way anymore, uh, right? We find our security in different things. And I started to think of some of the, the ways that we do that because I think that what we see through Scripture is God warning us how easy it is sometimes to rely on things other than him. And so today we don't focus on these false gods, these idols, to find security, but we do find security in our American citizenship, right? We find security in seeing that flag hanging on uh, cars and hanging on people's front steps and hanging on flagpoles at businesses that we're going to. We find security in our paycheck, in our degree, in our skills. And we think, okay, because I've set myself up this way, this way, this way, I can be reliant on myself. I can be self-sufficient. I'm good. And usually that's the way that we make sure that we don't worry, right? If we provide enough for ourselves and we put ourselves in a good enough situation and we think through all that's going to come in the future, which there's nothing wrong with planning, there's nothing wrong with preparing, there's nothing wrong with making decisions today that impact the future. In fact, that's all wise. But if we find our security and our stability there, uh, we're missing out. And, you know, I think of, um, I've always thought that this is kind of funny that the way we pray usually before meals, we don't really come across, I don't think, most of the time, like we're praying because we're grateful for how God provided food and water and is sustaining us. Most of the time, it kind of seems like we're praying before we eat because we act like if we take a bite before we pray, then the food is somehow like poisoned or not blessed or something like that. Like there's some magic to praying and thanking God and saying amen before anybody takes a bite. What we're doing there is we're saying, God, thank you for being my heavenly father like Jesus said, who knows what I need. Thanks for providing. Thanks for allowing me to continue to go through life and giving me more and more opportunities to grow and to serve you and to love other people. Because that's where our security comes from. And you know, when I started thinking about all this stuff, um, this is maybe going to be a unique, weird connection at first. But I thought about um, in the Old Testament, because that was really where this was established and where the people of Israel spent a lot more time thinking through this, was the Sabbath, um, the seventh day after God had finished creation when he rested. And then he told his people to honor the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. 
in Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 19 and 20. Uh, This is coming in the midst of uh, this passage where Ezekiel, he's writing from the Babylonian captivity, and the elders of Israel came to him and asked him for a word from the Lord, which they were trying to get a prophecy. They were trying to find some kind of a solution so that they could act on that and get out of this Babylonian captivity. But instead, God refuses that kind of an answer. And instead, he outlines his faithfulness and Israel's disobedience. Uh, He explains that he doesn't destroy Israel, wipe them off the face of the earth, because he doesn't want other nations to see him as a weak national God. Remember, we talked about that moments ago, that every nation kind of had their God, and whichever nation won, that God was the most powerful one. And God knows he obviously is the only and most powerful one. And he's saying, I don't want my name to be discredited because you guys keep being disobedient and you wound up losing all these battles. He said, I want to bring restoration. I want to bring healing. I want to bring life. And Ezekiel 20 Verse 19, he says, I am the Lord your God. Follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Keep my Sabbaths holy that they may be a sign between us. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. And when I read through that, I see that, you know, that in that whole chapter, Ezekiel 20, if you read through, you'll see that God keeps pointing out that Israel hasn't been honoring the Sabbath, that they haven't been keeping the Sabbath holy. And I, so I started thinking like, okay, what does that really signify? What does that really mean? And why is it such a big deal to God? Because I think probably a lot of us, if you grew up in um, a community that was uh, pretty church-based, what this looked like for you might be a lot of different ways. Um, Maybe some places aren't open on Sunday, and that's what it looks like in your community. It's just been wired into, hey, this is how everybody honors the Sabbath. We don't work on Sundays. I know some people who, growing up, honoring the Sabbath meant that kids weren't allowed to be outside playing sports on Sunday, and they weren't allowed to, you know, do the normal things that you would assume kids are going to be out and about doing. And that was the way that people honored the Sabbath. So I'm like, okay, that doesn't seem like what he's getting at here, but I don't, I don't really know what that is. So I started doing some thinking and some digging. And when God says, Keep my Sabbaths holy, that they may be a sign between us. I started thinking, okay, there seems like there's something else there. And I thought through when uh, the people of Israel, after they had been freed from Egypt, 
after they had crossed the Red Sea and because of lack of trust that God was able to win this victory of bringing them into the promised land, they wound up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And what happened during that time is every morning, except for one day a week, God would provide manna. This, they called it manna, it kind of means like, what is it? But it was some kind of food that God miraculously provided from heaven every morning, except one day a week. And what he told his people was even though it's going to be really tempting to go out and just gather up as much of this stuff as you can every single day and start to hoard it and start to, you know, keep it and say, oh man, I'm going to stockpile enough manna that, you know, my family's not going to ever have to wonder where is our food going to come from. Instead, uh, God said, if you, if you do that, um, the next morning, it's going to be spoiled. It's going to be rotten. There's going to be, if I remember right, maggots in this manna if you try to keep it overnight. Because what's going on here is God is making sure his people know that they're totally reliant on him for provision. But I mentioned that this manna shows up every morning except for one day a week, and that's on the Sabbath. On the Sabbath, because God was showing his people, this day is different. You don't work on this day. You don't worry about where provision is going to come from on this day. Um, You rely on me. So on the Sabbath, no manna would show up. And that morning was the only morning that you were supposed to stockpile double the amount that you normally had. And unlike every other night of the week, when you woke up on Sabbath morning, the manna that you saved from yesterday wouldn't be spoiled. It would be fresh and it would be ready to go be ready to eat. And what God was showing his people is that observing the Sabbath is trusting him. And when I think about how clearly that connects to what Jesus is talking about here in the New Testament, saying, don't worry Don't spend time worrying about what you're going to eat or drink or wear. It kind of echoes the same idea as honoring the Sabbath, practicing keeping that day separate and reserved for God shows that we trust him. Because if you think about it, um, the reason that a lot of us have a hard time going on vacation or taking a day off from work or not checking our email even when we are on a day off at work, not responding to texts or calls or whatever, putting out little fires that are coming up is because we spend time thinking that if I don't do this, that if I'm not there and I'm not directly involved, things are going to fall apart. 
if I don't make something happen, it's not going to happen. And what the Sabbath forced people to do is to take that day, not make things happen, not do the things they always did so that they knew that all the plates were going to stay spinning. Everything was going to continue going the way it was supposed to go. Practicing Sabbath was a sign from God's people that they trusted in him enough to take a day where they could step away from keeping all the balls in the air that they're juggling, from making sure everything's working the way it's supposed to work, and trusting in God. And I think that a lot of this stuff that we've talked about, it's a whole lot easier said than done, isn't it? To not worry, to trust God, to step back and let go of control for even a moment is so terrifying. A really practical way that I tried to start practicing some of this I, like I said, I, I didn't used to be a worrier. I didn't used to try to hold on to as much control of things that I could. But when I started seeing this trend in my life, um, there was one day where there were probably six or seven things that I felt like were really weighing on me. That I was just really spending a lot of time worrying about. And so I, I created a document I saved it right on the desktop on my computer. And there's a passage in 1 Peter that says, Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. And so I just named this little document, Cast All Your Cares on Him. And I went through and I wrote down this stuff that was weighing on my mind, this big stuff that, you know, especially in the moment, right? When we're worried about stuff, it feels so huge and it feels like I need to fix all this. I need to do something. I need to make sure that I'm covered. And so I went through and I just wrote down each of these five, six, seven things. I don't remember exactly at the time because I kept adding to the list later. Cast all your cares on him. And I just wrote this stuff down. And I started praying over that list. And I used writing it down and praying about it as a way to kind of let go of me being the one that felt like I had to control it, that I had to be worried about it, that I had to fix everything. And I tried to practice what it would look like to release that stuff to God. And it didn't happen immediately. It didn't happen over the course of a few days. But eventually, I found that occupied my mental space a lot less. Um, The worrying and the anxiety around it, I realized that one, I wasn't as powerful in the midst of these situations as I imagined, right? 
Because when we step back from this stuff, when we release it a little bit, when we start to trust God, we realize that we didn't have as much control as we had hoped we would have in the first place. But eventually over time, I could go back in this list and I, I could cross out some of the things that I had seen God show up and bring some kind of an answer, some kind of a resolution, some kind of a healing, some kind of closure to. Now, some of those things that were on that list, uh, I'm guessing that I probably created the document four or five years ago. And a good chunk of those initial things are crossed off because you know, now I look back and go, wait, I was worried about that. What in the world? That was not a big deal. That was like a minor speed bump in the history of my life. But in the moment, when we start worrying about stuff, it feels so big. It feels so daunting. And it feels like this isn't a speed bump. This is an uncrossable barrier. This is an obstacle that's just going to take me out and knock me off course. But I can look back now and say, wow, here's how God showed up in this situation. Here's how God did something there. Here's how this outcome I never even pictured being possible happened. There's still some things from that initial list that I wrote down um, that are still things that aren't resolved, things that there's no answer to, things that, you know, only time will tell. But what we see in Scripture is God reminding us to let that stuff go to Him. Not to say that it doesn't matter anymore, it doesn't impact our lives at all, or it's not a big deal, but as a reminder that we don't have, first of all, we don't have the kind of control that we think we do but more importantly, that we can trust our Heavenly Father. Doesn't mean it's always going to be the outcome we want. Doesn't mean it's always going to be an outcome that doesn't cause us pain or that doesn't create more work or more uh, small problems for us or big problems. But what it means is at our core, when we start to trust in Him, then all of a sudden we can read this, do not worry. And it makes a little bit more sense. Because it doesn't mean just pretend like none of this stuff matters. What it means is turn all this stuff that matters over to God. Because like Jesus said, our Heavenly Father, He knows what we need.